We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. And welcome in, everybody, to a special solo edition of the Mile High Huddle podcast. I am one half of your football priest, Zach Kelberman, sitting in by myself today. Chad Jensen is, I believe he's traveling um, for the holiday weekend, so... Boss man deserves some time off every now and then. It's all good. It's going to be a pretty, I say, fast-paced episode of, of the MHH pod. I'm, I'm excited to get into it tonight, the last podcast before the Broncos begin practicing in earnest for their week one of the regular season. It's crazy how fast it came already. Week one matchup against the Las Vegas Raiders. I want to give it a second, like I said, to let the stream warm up, let y'all get in. Again, it might be a slower night. We might not be on for 45 minutes or an hour, depending on the activity. You guys are um, out enjoying yourselves, family, friends, all that. So we definitely want to encourage that. But we appreciate anyone tuning in with us tonight for sure. Dylan Von Arks, the moderator, checking in, saying, Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and subscribe if you haven't already. If you don't take it from me, Take it from DVA. He knows what he's talking about. Make sure you can help us out if you haven't done so already. Um, let's hit this super. Yeah, appreciate it, Scott. We have Scott in the background tonight. Thankfully, I thought I was going to be totally solo. I'm not. He's going to be a big help for me, so we'll get right into it. Wolfie Molot, $15 super. Thank you so, so much, Wolfie. Uh, asking one more day closer. I can smell the field from here. Go Broncos. As always, good to be here on this wonderful Sunday evening Hashtag DB4L, hashtag MHH for life, hashtag Buckham. Yeah, one day closer, and it's crazy. We were just talking about the Sean Payton hire. Then we were talking about the combine, and then free agency, and then the draft, and then OTAs, and then preseason, and it just flies. It seemed like a really long offseason, and it was, but we're finally here now. We made it. Broncos begin practicing for Vegas tomorrow, and then one week from tonight. One week from tonight. We'll be doing the Gut Reaction podcast following that game and be celebrating a Broncos win, snapping that streak for sure. David McArath, $5 super. Good to see you as always, David. And he goes, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Hashtag 12 and 5. Hashtag Buckham times 3. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Yes, sir. 
Good again, again, good as always to see you, David. Appreciate all that you do, and you as well, Michael Ronquillo. As Chad says, the Ronk chiming in. Good evening, Zach, on the Mile High Huddle podcast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Absolutely, Michael. Definitely. Well, we're gonna have an interesting podcast tonight for sure. Um, I want to see. Uh, I saw some nice comments here. Zeus, I was gonna pull that up. Thank you, Scott. Zeus McPeak. Zeus chiming in. That feels good to do solo. $20 super. Thank you so, so much to go Broncos. Let's start the season right by beating the Raiders. Yes, that would set the tone for the entire year. You are 100% correct, Stu. You can't hire Sean Payton and vow that he's going to turn Russ around, make all these big time moves, and then come out at home and lose another game to Josh McDaniels and the Vegas Raiders. They have to get that dub. And I think, you know, yesterday it was the Colorado Buffalo starting off with a dub. The Broncos, I think, will be following suit and starting off with a victory 1-0 this time next Sunday. Thank you again, Stu. What else? We got Jasmine. Thank you so much, Jasmine. 1999 Super. It's good to see you as always representing the female demographic of the podcast. Jasmine says, what's up? Hoping for some of that buffs. Magic rubs off on the Broncos. Yeah, great minds, Jasmine. I had that tweet yesterday. I kind of feel the same way today. Um, there's no reason why. I kind of look at it the same. Like the Colorado program, they brought in a big name head coach in Deion Sanders. There was so much hype surrounding them and by association expectations that they better win these games uh, because of that hype. And they started off really, really strong. Deion Sun looks like a freaking superstar in the making, a future NFL star for sure. And I think the Broncos, going back to my original point, uh, we're going to be saying the same thing about them this time next week. Good to see you, Jasmine. Thank you. Mike Duran hopping in. Been crunching my lines. Came up with this final score prediction for Mike Duran. Ready, guys? Broncos 119 and Wimps 0. I will take that all day, every day. Listen, if it's 118 to 0, I'm not going to pick too many nits. I'd still be pretty happy. But in all seriousness, um, it'd be great to get a blowout victory, a resounding victory, leave no doubt. But again, I said this the other day. I still stand true to it for any game. I don't care if it's 3-2. I don't care if it's 30 nothing. As long as the Broncos get that dub, I'll be a happy podcaster. Thank you, though, Mike. Um, what else? William Hayes. Good to see you, William. Another podcast says Broncos might be two and two after four games. Uh, what do you say, Zach? Let's rearrange, not rearrange, let's pull up and refresh uh, the Broncos' first four games if we could. Uh, obviously, they start out with the Vegas Raiders in week one. Then they stay home to face Washington in week two. Uh, they go to Miami in week three. Early afternoon, 1 o'clock Eastern game could be tough. And then the Bears at Chicago at 1 o'clock the following week. 2-2 two and two is a fair prediction. I would say if they predicted 1-3, and three, it might be taking more of a skeptical or pessimistic take. But 2-2 two and two is fair. I mean, the Broncos haven't beaten the Raiders in three years. Uh, the Dolphins are going to be a challenge. And any game where it's a 1 o'clock start for Denver historically has been tough for them. Chicago is not going to be a slouch. Justin Fields, I think, will take a step forward as a passer, as a quarterback. Their offense should be improved. Uh, that game, I see as a Broncos win, but that's why they play the game any given Sunday. I, I think 3-1 and one is a not a homer prediction, but a, an objective one and a fairly realistic one for Denver. If they're all they're cracked up to be. You know, we don't know what the final product is going to look like because so many moving parts are still 
in route. You know, the offensive line, uh, to an extent, the wide receiver group. We don't know what they're going to look like come week 18. But in the first quarter of the season, if the Broncos want to be the playoff team that Sean Payton, you know, fancies them to be, you got to beat the opponents in front of you that you should beat. And there's no reason on paper the Broncos shouldn't beat the Raiders, shouldn't beat the Commanders, and shouldn't beat Chicago. I'll give Miami that victory, you know, just in the sake of uh, of realism. Three and one would be a good start for Denver after the first quarter. Mark McDonald, big stars, big, big stars. Thank you so much, Mark, as always. Oh, McDonald had many stars for us on the MHH podcast. Evening, Zach and Broncos country. Can't wait to beat Faders week one and get rolling on a good note. Go Broncos. Yeah, again, I mean, it's such a, an imperative season, obviously, for Russell Wilson, for Sean Payton, for George Payton, for the Broncos ownership group. And what better way to get the ball rolling, um, as you talked about, Mark, and get that solid footing toward being a playoff team again than beating up on Josh McDaniels and a Raiders team that you haven't conquered in quite some time. So it would definitely set the tone for the entire year. It would give them a big jump start. Um, that's that would be the ideal. But I will say if they do lose this game similar to last season against Seattle, it wouldn't be over. They're not going to pack things up and, you know, see you next spring. They would have a lot of football left to be played, but we all want the Broncos to come out strong for sure. Any other? Oh, David Bishop. Thank you, David. Zach, can you please explain what three technique, five technique means? Heard it for years, but don't understand it. Uh, pretty much there are fancy ways of saying defensive line, defensive linemen in terms of tackles, like no tackles, defensive tackle, and defensive end. So five technique usually is the defensive end that lines up outside of the tackle. So that would be your traditional Shelby Harris or your Zach Allen or your uh, Draymond Jones that the Broncos had in the past. Don't have any more. That would be your five technique. Three technique would be more along the lines of a Mike Purcell, DJ Jones, big body guys. There's one technique like true big Sylvester Williams, pure run stuffers. There's two technique, three technique, but basically five plays along the tackle and the three usually uh, plays over the guard or the center, depending on the alignment. Hope that helped a little bit, David. Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Bronx. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Goes. Quentin Caldwell, appreciate you so much. And I feel like it's a fairly new name. I might be wrong, but we get so many uh, great, amazing listeners. It's tough to keep track of everyone. But if you are new, Quentin, uh, welcome. Definitely appreciate the super. Quentin says, hey, everyone, let's get that win. Definitely need it. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's hard to really understate how important um, the week one game is for Denver. All games are important, but to start off the season at home and to do so against your division rival, an AFC opponent who you haven't beaten in a few seasons, um, it's just the, the, the impetus that Denver needs to start that hopeful playoff campaign. So I'm right there with you, Quentin. Thank you again. All right, so I'm going to go through, I see some comments talking about the first four predictions. What do you guys think? I want to know. Uh, v- VIP Lewis says first four, four and oh. I mean, if they play good ball and they are what we think they can be, I can, that's not uh, unrealistic. That's not out of bounds at all. But I'll say three and one for the sake of objectivity. Um Uh, Scott explains it pretty well here for further clarification about the defensive lineman. A zero technique is right over the center. The farther away from the ball, the bigger the number. Seven is way, way out wide, like in the wide nine um, old school defensive fronts. That's where the seven tech would be. So I hope that helps to the, uh, I think it was David who asked about that. Uh, Seth says three and one at the very best. I'm right there with you. Seth. I can, I could see two and two if they struggle or God forbid, another injury takes hold. I could see two and two, uh, three and one would be a best case scenario that Miami game with Tua in that Miami heat early afternoon. is going to be difficult early. Ernie Mays. Good to see you. Ernie says first four games, four and oh, I would expect nothing less from you, Ernie, than a four and oh prediction for the first quarter, but we'll, we'll see. I can, again, if they play good ball, if they are reaching their potential, there's no reason why they can't start off uh, with that record. Brandon Williams says three and one or two and two. Uh, David McElrath says three and one. Quinton says three and one. So I, I can, uh, and also Eric, Eric hung, Eric, huh? I probably completely butchered that. I'm so sorry, Eric. I'll just stick to your first name. Three and one seems a fair expectation, but ideally I think we can even beat Miami. Yeah. I mean, Miami is no uh, superpower. They're definitely a beatable team, but I, I, I worry about the Broncos flying all the way to the West coast. Uh, that Miami heat man is no freaking joke. You can practice outside in Denver, but nothing really prepares you for 90 plus degrees and 80 plus percent humidity for three hours. It's going to be a tough matchup for Denver. No question about that. Uh, Dan Bulquette, uh Denver Broncos never win in Miami in September in the heat, never win tons of heat cramps and injuries. Yeah. Again, traditionally, these early afternoon West Coast games, especially in very humid or hot environments, don't jibe and coalesce with Denver over the years very well. Maybe under Sean Payton, that's different, and we'll see a full tie turning, but I'm kind of leaving that possibility open that if they were to go 3-1 and one in the first four games, that that loss would come against the Dolphins. But we'll see. We'll see. Absolutely for sure. And EDJ says, I have to see it in the wash first, Zach. Yeah, I am. I definitely understand that you guys don't want to render predictions until you see the finished product or at least the first game, first couple snaps of what the Broncos could be. So I'm right there with you, EDJ. But 
Again, they should be no worse, no worse than two and two over the first four. All right, so I think I'm going to get into the podcast topic for this evening. I kind of uh, centered it around a setting the table for the Broncos week one game against the Raiders. And because the Broncos haven't had much news, haven't had any practice since Friday, Thursday or Friday in preparation of Vegas, not much going on. So I kind of wanted to take this opportunity solo, give my opinion on what the Broncos need to do to take down the Raiders and end that God forsaken streak. So number one, it starts on defense for Denver and it's the obvious. And if you've seen any Broncos Raiders matchup in the last couple seasons, you would know what I'm about to say. The number one, the biggest key to victory for September 10th is stopping Josh Jacobs. Number one, if you have to sell out on defense to do so, fine. If you want to load up the box and make Jimmy G beat you and go over the top and put it on his shoulders, fine. But you cannot allow Josh Jacobs to run roughshod on snap after snap after snap like he's done against Denver historically. He's been a Broncos killer. He had three touchdowns total against them last season and I think upwards of 200 rushing yards. The guy is a beast, but he turns it up more so against Denver for whatever reason. So number one, yes. Get your big body linebackers, get your safeties in the box, Kareem Jackson, get Drew Sanders on the field, Zach Allen, let him be, DJ Jones, get everyone possible near the line of scrimmage and sell out to stop Josh Jacobs. I'm not scared of Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Patrick Sertan can hold down Devontae Adams as much as possible in single coverage if it came to that. They don't have Darren Waller anymore to hurt the Broncos. Number one for sure is stop Josh Jacobs. And I see a couple people in the side chat agree. It's the obvious guys, the low-hanging fruit. It starts with number 28 and stopping him on the ground. Number two, it starts with the Broncos offense. We're, we're flipping sides of the ball here. You got to stop one player. That's, I think he's 98, right? Max Crosby. Again, no introduction needed. If you've watched a Broncos game the last couple seasons, you know how much of a game wrecker Max Crosby has been. He turns it up against Denver. Not surprising. He's a really good player, but not good juju. Not good juju. Not only is he sacking the Broncos quarterbacks, he's injuring the Broncos running backs a la Pookie Williams. Double team him. Uh, you hope McGlinchey is back healthy and good to go. You hope Garrett Bowles, if he's lined up opposite him, and you can bet your bottom dollar that the Raiders coaching staff will find a way to match up Max Crosby on Garrett Bowles one-on-one -on -one or Ben Powers one-on-one. -on -one. Ben Powers, who struggled in the preseason and pass protection, by the way. So double team, chip block, triple team, I don't care. You sell out on offense as an offensive line to stop uh, Max Crosby. And here's our wonderful producer, Scott, dropping the stats. Max Crosby has 11 and a half sacks against the Broncos. His highest against any other team is four. To give you an indication of how much this guy just turns up when he faces the blue and orange, there it is, courtesy of our producer, Scott Kennedy. So again, double team him, triple team him, put four blockers on him. I don't care. You cannot allow Max Crosby to wreck the Broncos' backfield and get after Russell Wilson and, and, and disturb the passing attack. Uh, that's number two. Number three. Another obvious, but this is a problem the Broncos have had against the Raiders, against other teams. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. The Broncos are a better team on paper than the Raiders are in 2023. I'm sorry. doesn't make me a homer. 
I wouldn't say it if it wasn't true, if I didn't mean it. The Broncos on paper, quarterback included, are a better football team than the Las Vegas Raiders. And if they don't beat themselves, if they don't shoot themselves in the feet with pistols constantly, then they are going to win this football game. What do I mean by not shooting yourself in the foot? I mean, don't commit stupid penalties. Like Eric Bowles, don't commit holding penalties. Don't commit unsportsmanlike penalties. Uh, don't commit false start penalties, pre-snap penalties. Don't fumble the ball. Don't throw picks. Don't do anything that's going to harm yourself. Let the Raiders beat the Raiders and let the Broncos beat the Raiders. I mean, if you guys disagree, I, I think the, uh, the first two uh, keys to victory were the most important, but the Broncos have been the Broncos' biggest enemy especially last year. If they could just not be that, they will win easily and going away in week one. It looks like we have a video queued up from, uh, we, we will, we'll get to it in a second from Sean Payton talking about the, uh, the week one game. We have Brandon Williams uh, chiming in. Thank you so much, Brandon. Do you think he is going to be on a pitch count? I assume you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, oh, Josh Jacobs, I thought you meant Pookie. That's a great I question. I don't know that we've sat and had that discussion relative to, you know, week one pitch count, but it's a, it's a really good question. And that's something that's going to come probably as early as before Monday. Um, man, we're pleased, you know, where we're at right now and, and how he's progressed and he's gotten in games and, um, you know, he is someone that picks things up quickly, but we'll have a, we'll have a balance and, and, you know, not just he's one, but there'll be a few players that, that we've got to pay attention to um, that may not have had the volume compared to some other guys. And so I know it's a regular season game, but you still have to have a, a minutes plan or a plate plan. And, and we'll have that with him. So that was in reference to Pookie, who I thought you were talking about. Uh, and yeah, it seems like they're going to kind of put maybe one training wheel on Javante just to, 
not let him jump in the deep end. He'll have nine toes in the water, but they'll make him keep one out. Um, he'll play a, a healthy amount of snaps, but you're going to see a lot of Samaj P. Ryan, and you're going to see a lot of um, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. In terms of Jacobs, I can't answer that to the best of my knowledge because I don't know the inner workings of the Raiders like I do the Broncos, or at least I try to. I would assume – as long as he's in football shape, Jacobs, he knows the offense. He's, you know, one of, if not the NFL's best running back. He was the rushing champ uh, in 2022. I don't see a pitch count. He is their offense. He makes that entire thing go. I wouldn't be shocked if they gave him the ball 30 times next Sunday, to be honest with you. Uh, GLP, Gary Palmer, dropping in. 1999 Super. Thank you so, so much, Gary, on this solo edition of the MHH pod. Gary goes, thanks for carrying the ball, Zach. Go Broncos and Buckham. Absolutely, Gary. I love carrying the ball. And like Melvin Gordon, unlike him, I don't fumble the ball when I'm carrying it. Low-hanging fruit, but I had to get it in there. Uh, thank you so much, Gary, for your contributions. As always, you know we appreciate you. One of the pinnacle members of the MHH podcast. Big, big, big drop here from Deanna Hendry, Lady D, the Lady D bomb as the, uh, as, as it's come to be known. Thank you so much. So, so much uh, Deanna for that $50 super evening, Zach. I'm super excited about this season. I agree with stopping Josh Jacobs. I am positive Broncos win MHH for life. That's what it comes down to, man. For seriously, I, I say that with full sincerity and I say that with, with full, um, not being disingenuous, that's the game for Denver is stopping Josh Jacobs. If you can limit him to three yards a carry, don't let him run for five, six yards a clip. Don't let him pop off in the red zone, two, three touchdowns. You can keep him in check and force Jimmy G, a uh, bad foot and all, to beat you at home in Denver with a raucous crowd, first game of the Sean Payton era. I'm very, very confident they win this, and I think you are as well, Deanna. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, this is what Scott says here. This is uh, one of the keys to victory, and I agree. Man up Sertan on Adams and sell out to stop Jacobs. Adams will get his, but not enough to win if Jacobs is shut out. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams is such a good receiver. You're not going to ever shut him down completely. He's going to have some catches. He's going to have some yards. He might even have a touchdown. He did work PS2 a little bit last year, but if you can limit that, if you can just not let him take the top off and not let him single-handedly beat you, that's a major win. And if you shut down Josh Jacobs and put the pressure on Jimmy G, who will wilt in the face of that pressure, by the way, if even if Devontae Adams gets the ball, it won't be enough to make up the difference from what they're losing with their ground game. So absolutely, Scott, stop Jacobs by all means necessary. And then uh, I think PS2 can survive on Devontae. Uh, C. Chang, is Jerry Judy still questionable? As the Broncos haven't released an updated injury report for week one yet. Uh, Chang, C. Chang, but Jerry Judy did do side work uh, during Thursday's practice, and that's a good sign. The, the Broncos have also released several receivers, and they haven't uh, made a big move there. They just cut Michael Bandy off the practice squad. Every indication the Broncos have made since Judy's injury has led me to believe that they don't see it as a serious issue at all, and I would not be shocked. In fact, I'm kind of expecting Jerry Judy to show up in week two to uh, face the commanders for the Broncos. So questionable, highly questionable. I would not expect him to play week one. I'd be surprised if they rushed him back, but he should be back by week two. And I feel, I feel very strongly about that. Gregory Vandaland, 49.99 super. Thank you so, so much. No comment, but just showing the love, showing his contribution and uh, his gratitude. And I'm trying to show mine, Gregory. That's so amazing. Thank you so much. If you have any comment, 
question, concern, consideration, please, please drop it in the chat and I'll be sure to get to it. Thank you again. Deuce from New Orleans. Good to see you, Deuce. Uh, Deuce says we can stop Jacobs by keeping him on the bench. If our offense can sustain long drives consistently. Great, great, great point. And this is so true. There's two ways to beat a really good player, like a Mahomes or a Jacobs or whatever. You can just man up and stop him physically on the field, or you can keep him off the field as you're talking about here. And it's a thousand percent correct. I probably should have said that in my keys to victory for this game, but it kind of goes without saying we want the Broncos offense to put together 10, 11, 12 minute long scoring drives and not field goals or hopeful field goals with their new kicker, Will Lutz. We want touchdowns in the Sean Payton era, in the second year of Russell Wilson. So yeah, that's another great way to beat Jacobs is don't allow him to touch the football or control it as much as you can. And the great thing about that as well, let's say you're the Broncos offense and you open the game with two 10-minute scoring drives. You go up 14-0 and it's the second quarter already for the Raiders, their game flip or their game, their game script, excuse me, is out of the window. It is flipped complete, completely. At 14-0, they can't run the ball. They can't establish that run. They're going to be forced to pass more than they want to. They're going to be forced to lean on Jimmy G more than they probably want to. And that would be a good thing, a really good thing for the Broncos defense. All right, let's uh, let's see what else we got here, Scott see anything i'm still looking for um here's a good uh, shot by david we have to score more than 17 yeah again something that goes without saying and something that haunted us from the nathaniel hackett era the broncos cannot ever get over that 16 or 17 point mark but last time we saw him play they put up 41 shut out the rams 41 nothing i think we're gonna see more than 17 points and i would be surprised if the raiders reach 17 on this broncos defense that's my hot take for this game okay what do we got here inbred dinner wolves fourth generation that's a very interesting username appreciate you inbred dinner wolves who goes our running back and quarterback depth is much improved considering how many one score games we lost. We will have a better season. Yeah. Uh, the people who hate on Denver, the national media, the critics, uh, all the, the, the circle that we talk about, they look at the Broncos record and yeah, they were five and 12. They were pretty bad last year, but if you watch the games, which they don't do and, and you, and you understand the context of those defeats, you would see the Broncos were in every game or they were fighting in every game. They took Kansas City uh, to the limit twice. They they clawed and fought their way in both those games. And they had, as you said here, a lot of close margin losses. And the hope is, you mentioned the running back depth and the quarterback, but you mentioned the coaching difference, or you hope the coaching difference could be the the, the missing link. The thing that takes the Broncos from, from a one-loss game to a three-point victory. That's what Sean Payton brings is uh, having that elite savvy on the sideline. And I think just him alone, just his presence and his his acumen and the culture that he's, he's instilling in Denver, he'll be good for at least on his own two more victories. My opinion. Uh, my username is an American Dad Inside Joe. Got you, got you. I've seen some of American Dad. I'm a much bigger um, family guy fan i think that's the funniest of the uh of those uh similar shows like uh futurama and uh the cleveland show but american dad's pretty funny i'm a big seth mcfarland 
fan. I think he's freaking hilarious. So appreciate you uh, uh, hopping in and clarifying. Uh, this is a, this is something that resonates with me as well. Clutchmaster 59 just want Denver to prove Nick Wright wrong. Yeah, that would be nice. Unfortunately, we fully think he's biased and we know he's biased. He's a, he's a Kansas city fan and he says things intentionally to ruffle the Broncos uh, fans feathers, but couldn't say anything last year. He predicted a down season and the Broncos had a down season. Uh, he's still talking crap. I'm sure. I don't know Clutchmaster if he said anything new, but everything that comes out of his mouth is, is the same anti-Broncos um, fecal matter that I don't pay much attention to. I think I'm confident. I know, in fact, that the Broncos will prove him wrong and uh, he'll be eating. If he's a man, if he has any sort of credibility and if he has any sort of honor, he'll be eating a ton of crow a few months from now. This is, this is definitely true from... Uh, from Scott here. Easiest way to get back in Nick Wright, change the channel. Yeah, hit him where it hurts. Don't even give him the ratings. Don't give him the clicks. Don't give him the conversation. I like to say that a lot. Like, I don't even want to give them my energy, my time, my my words. Just ignore him and uh, let him do his thing. We know the truth. Yeah, if you tune in to watching me crow, he still wins. Yeah, but it'll feel better watching him eat it. If, if, we, if people are going to watch him, at least watching him eat crow is, uh, is more entertaining. But we'll see how that shakes out. Oh, Scott, did you see, did you see anything going through the chat? We're at about 28 and a half minutes. We'll be on for about 15 more or so. Again, it could be a, a shorter podcast tonight, different podcast, me being solo with Chad, uh, Chad unavailable for the evening. He'll be back tomorrow though. So uh, normal show tomorrow night, but it could be a little truncated today. I'm just going through the chat. If you guys have any questions, comments, again, uh, get them in and I'll do my best to answer each and every single one. Sean Williams says, there's no doubt in my mind, if we dominate the trenches, we will win this game going away. I'm not scared. I'm pretty much not scared of any part of the Raiders except for Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby. They don't scare me at all. McDaniels as a coach doesn't scare me. Jimmy G is, is a joke, is a clown to me. I mean, their offensive line is pretty solid, but it's Jacobs and then Max Crosby, and then that's it. If they just, like you say here, Sean, if they hold the trenches and they just do their job, they don't beat themselves and they play smart, consistent, smash-mouth football, they will win this game by two possessions. Not even a hot take. It's just logic at this point. Thank you, Sean. Um. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. 
For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Ah, Scott makes an interesting point. Might as well talk about it since uh, we don't have much to go over this evening. It looks like the Cowboys right tackle Terrence Steele got an 86, $86.8 million contract extension. It seems like a lot for someone like Terrence Steele. It's not a, a Cowboys podcast, but I did cover them briefly a few years ago. And um, I watched Terrence Steele's rise from like, a, I think he was a UDFA or a very late round draft pick and then he became a swing starter. Then he became the injury replacement starter and then a full-time starter. Then he gets 86.8. And as Scott says, and it's absolutely true, the McGlinchey contract doesn't seem so bad now. Mike McGlinchey to me is a much more proven tackle, came from a better system in San Francisco. I get the injury concerns and some of his uh, his blocking shortcomings, but that's um, definitely reassuring for any Broncos fan who was wringing their, their hands over Mike McGlinchey's contract. Deanna Hendry, another big showing, another big showing of generosity, $50 super. Thank you so, so much, Lady D. You are seriously amazing. It's astounding what you do each and every day. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Offensive line must show up all season, Deanna says. Still a little worried about bowls, sick of media coverage on, sick of media coverage negative on Wilson and the Broncos, MHH for life. I, I I talked about this on uh, Thursday's show, Deanna. I'm so used to the uh, Russell Wilson slander and the negative coverage of him and the Broncos. It doesn't even affect me anymore. It's like dirt off my shoulder. If the Broncos want to change that, they know what to do. Russ knows what to do. Sean Payton knows what to do. Win football games. And even though when they do win these games, they're still going to have the sect of uh, the national media that says, oh, the Broncos are cooking, but is it in spite of Russ? Is Sean Payton not getting the most out of him? We're still going to hear that, but it doesn't matter. We all just want the Broncos to win games and let everything take care of themselves. But I agree with you. The O-line must show up, not all, not just all season, but definitely in week one. Because again, Max Crosby is going to be out there and uh, – as Scott illustrated, he seems to feast exclusively on Broncos offensive linemen. They got to be on their toes for all 60 minutes. I want to take this really quickly from Michael Ronquillo. Uh, Zach, who will score the Broncos first touchdown? I love questions like these. They're so fun to think about and uh, and, and predict. Oh, man. I'm going to say I'm going to say it comes on a running play. Just to be realistic, I'm, I'm like, I'm picturing the Broncos opening drive. I think they will have an opening drive touchdown, by the way, against Vegas next Sunday. So I'm picturing that opening drive in my head. And I see the Broncos completing pass plays to get down near the red zone. But once they're there, how fitting would it be to give the ball to Pookie? Let's say it's first and goal from the three. You give the ball to Pookie, who comes back after a horrible knee injury, suffered against the Raiders, by the way, last season, and uh, gets into the end zone from three yards out. Broncos up 6 nothing, uh, about to be 7 nothing. That is how, in real time, I envision the Broncos' first series and the Broncos' first score. So I'm going to say Pookie, just for the irony, and because Pookie, of all people on this Broncos squad, deserves that tutty. Thank you, Michael. 
Clutchmaster says Russell Wilson scramble would be uh, the Broncos' first touchdown. Scott Scott says Justin Simmons would be the Broncos' first touchdown. That would be great if a pick six off Jimmy G was the Broncos' first score. I'll take it. I don't care how it happens. Pookie, Russ, Simmons, as long as the Broncos get into the end zone. I'm good. Inbred dinner wolves. I'd like to see Russ make Sherman eat crow. I'm sick of his trash talk again. I lump uh, Richard Sherman in with everyone else in the national media. They say things about Russ and the Broncos because it's trendy, because they know it'll get clicks and engagement and people will talk about it. They know people will jump on that bandwagon and say, yeah, yeah, Russ sucks. The Broncos suck. Let's ride. High knees, danger witch. It's just the low-hanging fruit, and it's the fad in the media, and it will be until the Broncos give them a reason not to talk that smack anymore. Dan Wilkett says the first TD will be Brandon Johnson. That's a pretty bold take. I like it, though. Brandon will certainly be getting a lot of run in that Broncos offense, and especially in that first game with Judy more than likely um, out with the hamstring injury. P- uh, Michael Ronquillo says PS2. We'll get the Broncos first score. And Dan says, or Marvin Mims. Two bowl takes because there's so many people ahead of both of them on the depth chart, but I don't care where it comes from. Mims, Johnson, Russ, Simmons, Pookie, get into the end zone. Step on the Raiders next. I want to see a dominant victory. I, again, I, I, I don't care if it's one, one point or 40 points, but I want to just see if preferable, if possible. I want to see them just... Take their aggression out. They're sick of the trash talk. They've been hearing it. They they want to exercise those demons. Do it all up and down the Raiders for 60 minutes. Take it to them and don't let up. Um, yeah, Scott says, uh, Jeff Legwall, the Broncos beat writer for ESPN, calls Sanders a possible answer to Travis Kelsey. Talking about Drew Sanders, the Broncos... Yeah, the Broncos rookie inside linebacker. That's I love that leg wall went out on that limb. It, he's usually a little more even keeled, but he did put possible in there, and possible is the key word because you're not going to shut down Travis Kelsey. Like Scott was talking about with Devontae Adams, you're not going to shut down these players and hold them to no catches for no yards and no touchdowns. They are going to get theirs, but there's a difference between shutting them down and letting them go absolutely crazy. I mean, in years past against VJ, Travis Kelsey would literally not even be covered down the field. I think they'll fix that. They'll be covering Kelsey. And if they put Sanders on him, he's the most athletic and physically gifted linebacker Denver has had in five years at the bare minimum. If there's anyone on this Broncos team who can shut down Kelsey or limit Kelsey, it is Drew Sanders. I agree with that. Um, I'm just going through some of the comments. Kevin Gray says the hate machine is going to have to eat that crow. They'll eat some of it, but they're going to leave. I'm telling you now, mark my words, September 3rd, 701 Mountain Time, even when the Broncos win a game. The Broncos can win 50-0 against the Raiders, let's say, in week one. A majority or some of the national media and some of the haters will be saying, you know what, maybe we were wrong about Denver. Maybe we were wrong about Russ. Maybe they are a better team. But I guarantee you there's going to be a sect of media and fans and trolls who will find and nitpick that 50 nothing Broncos victory. I guarantee you they'll say, well, Russ only had three touchdowns. He missed a fourth. Or, uh, you know, well, Sean Payton punted all in the fourth quarter. 
there always is going to be that clapback against the Broncos. It's that Denver bias. I don't know why it exists. I don't know really how far back it's gone or the root of it, but it's definitely apparent. Doesn't matter though. I don't care what they say. Let them hate. Talk what they want to talk about. Say what you want to say. The Broncos winning football games, like John says here. I just want a Broncos. I want to win. Go Broncos. That's all that matters. That's the only thing that matters is winning football games. All right, we're at 37 minutes. I'm, I have time. I'll take a few more before I start winding down and doing the calls to action. Um. Michael's out for this evening. Appreciate you having, appreciate having you around, Michael, for the podcast. As always, we'll see you tomorrow when it'll be a more normal show with Chad and I in the saddle. Uh, Matt Henry, going to the week two game against Washington. What are your thoughts on that game? Well, uh, selfishly, I do. We had the MHH fantasy draft, and I did pick up Antonio Gibson and uh, Terry McLaurin from Washington. So, I'll have a little bit of different investment for that, but they're a team the Broncos should beat. I mean, let's let's be really clear about that. Their best player is a receiver. One of their best players is a receiver. They have a really good defensive line, but to me, they took a step back at quarterback going from Taylor Heineke to Sam Howell. I don't know how ready he is yet. Um, I'm not the biggest believer in Ron Rivera. I think he's like another Jeff Fisher where he'll, he'll keep you – He'll keep you afloat. He'll keep you relevant until December, but he'll never get you over that hump. I'm not scared of the commander's secondary or their linebackers. That is a game. That is one of the few games on this schedule where I can confidently say the Broncos are a better team and the Broncos should beat them. So hope you have fun at the game, Matt. Um, I think you'll be seeing a Denver win. You should be seeing a, be a Denver win. You better be seeing a Denver win. Again, if the Broncos want to be that playoff team, they want to win 10 games this year, it starts with beating the teams you're supposed to beat, the inferior teams. And the commanders, in my opinion, fall in that bucket. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Um, what else? I'll take a few more. Gilster says, break the stupid streaks. Let them hate go Broncos. Absolutely. Let them talk. Let them talk. I don't care. You know, just let them just let them eat. That's why we have the expression. That's why we say it. It's not just a T-shirt. It's the truth. Let them say what they want. The Broncos are going to win 10 football games this year. I'm very confident in saying that. Um, Inbred says, this is probably the last one I'll take. Unless, Scott, we have anything else that you see? All right, I think we're good. Inbred says, at this point, I'd be happy with a 9-8 and eight season. More wins than losses, and I'm happy. I get that. And it would be... Oh, man, I don't know if it would qualify as a successful season under Sean Payton. Successful is so subjective. Each and every person has a different definition of that. Um, successful to me, I think, considering the investments you've made for Payton and Russell Wilson and the money you've spent would be a, a wild card berth. 10 and 7, make the playoffs as a wild card. Even if you lose in the first round, 
that would be a, a plus season in Denver. Um, but I can see if your definition of success in bread is nine and eight, it would definitely be uh, a lot better than what the Broncos have been. That would be the Broncos best mark since they went nine and seven in 2016 with Trevor Simeon at quarterback that just to show you how long it's been since we've even entered that stratosphere. So everyone has different definitions. A lot of people are expecting the Broncos to make the playoffs a lot or hoping the Broncos make the playoffs. And some are even thinking that they won't even be competitive this year. Everyone has different opinions. Nine and eight would be my bare minimum floor for Denver. If they stay healthy or as healthy as they can be from here on out and Russ takes that step forward, I'm expecting, expecting, expecting at least a nine and eight record. Uh, Dan Wilkett, good job on the podcast tonight. You rocked. Appreciate you so much, Dan. Yeah, it's not. Some of you guys might have uh, appreciate you, David. Some of you guys might have been following me for a few years. I used to do live shows four or five times a week by myself. It's actually really fun just to talk and talk and talk and uh, not have to worry about blowing Chad's ears out with my with my speech volume. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. But I have so much fun rocking the solo when it kind of is a, a little nostalgic for me in a way. If you've watched the, uh, the old 24 seven sports podcast, uh, Kevin Gray, great show guys, DB for life, MHH for life and Buck. Appreciate you, Kevin. Uh, Sonny Staley says, I'm going to just take some comments here really quickly. Sonny Staley says, considering what we have done the last six years, I'll take nine and eight. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, that's, it's not the Pat Bowlin standard. The Broncos have been so far from that standard that people don't even remember that anymore, but um, nine and eight would be the, the bare minimum I would take to qualify the season as a success. I don't, I'm going to just address this. I mean, I'll, I'll always address, like, I guess this is criticism uh, at me. So S string guy says, Zach, it is funny to me that you have been the number one guy saying we don't need cooker. Jacobs is the guy most afraid of Jacobs. So I, I I've been saying the Broncos don't need them, but the Broncos should still be afraid of them. Well, in the case of Jacob string guy, I mean, this is, I think pretty, pretty apparent, pretty common sense, but Josh Jacobs is the Broncos or is the Raiders best player. I'm far and away, at least on offense. And he makes their entire team go. They don't have anyone, but Josh Jacobs, even though he's a better running back, I think, I, you know, sorry for saying than Javante Williams, the Broncos have more people than just one guy. It, it never would have made fiscal sense. It never would have made sense from a personnel standpoint. I would have loved to have Josh Jacobs in a Broncos uniform. Loved it. I wouldn't even mind paying him 13 mil for one year, whatever he's getting. But you already have Pookie. You already had Samaje Piran. You have Jaleel McLaughlin showing out. If you didn't have those guys in the picture, and Jacobs wanted to come to Denver, I'd be all for it. I'd be saying, go out and get him, make it happen, open the checkbook, you know, show him who's boss, George Payton. But they just did not need Josh Jacobs. They did not need Dalvin Cook. My opinion was, it's a want. Everyone wants those guys, but it's not a need for Denver. And I'm sticking true uh, to that conviction. Victor Ferrer says, what's up, Zach? What's up, Victor? Uh, Stu McPeak says, Zachy Rock is always watched you way back when you were solo before MHH. Yes, too. You are an OG. Uh, you are the OG of OGs. Again, some of you have um, been rocking with me for a while, a while. I mean, years and years ago, and definitely appreciate that. It's very humbling, but um, it's it's always fun to do these live shows and get back on onto that solo vibe. All right, I'm gonna take a few more comments. We're at 44 minutes. I'm sure Scott wants to get out of here. Uh, String guy says, enjoy your, enjoy your, hope you're right. Beat Raiders. Yeah. I, I, 
selfishly, not to gloat, I hope I'm right too. But um, I think we agree on one thing that the Broncos should beat the Raiders. And I think the Broncos will beat the Raiders. Jeremy Sean says paying a running back isn't worth it 95% of the time. That's part of the reason. Now, I always led my comments with that. When y'all would ask me, should the, should the Broncos get Josh Jacobs? Should the Broncos get Dalvin Cook? Should the Broncos make a move for, you know, Saquon Barkley, whoever? I said they can't, they sh- they can't do it. They can't do it fiscally. It would not make sense at this time when even Jonathan Taylor is is struggling to get a, a multi-year deal. It's just a bad time for running backs, and the Broncos were wise not to partake um, in that in that downfall. I think, though, Scott, I think we should wind it down. I think we're good. Yeah, that was a tremendous episode. It flew, guys. 45 minutes, even solo. It just flies when when I'm having fun. I can't speak for Scott. I assume he's having fun, but it goes really fast. Appreciate you all. If you haven't done so, please follow us on Twitter. I guess he he is having fun because he's dancing now. Uh, follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. Uh, you can follow the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL, follow Scott at scout Kennedy, and also follow Chad. He'll be back tomorrow night at Chad and Jensen. If you guys want some MHH merch, Check it out at mhhmerch.com. We have Buckham merch. We have hats. We have everything you need for the Broncos this season. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you haven't and you're on Instagram, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you haven't done so, guys and gals, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts for your chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if anything, y'all, please, I'm begging you, do it for your boy. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. I think we'll have an updated um, Super Chat ranking on tomorrow's show, Scott. Okay, well, we'll get into that when Chad's back in the swing, guys. I believe we covered every Super. Try to get to every question. It's tough when you're by yourself. But uh, I'm going to let you guys go. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend Sunday. We'll see you tomorrow night. Again, Chad will be back in the saddle. I think we have Broncos for breakfast in the morning too. Broncos for breakfast with uh, Scott and Nick in the morning and your boys back tomorrow evening. We'll see you then. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. 